Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. My guest today is Prakash Kota. Prakash is the Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer of Autodesk, a nearly $4.4 billion revenue producer of software products and services for the architecture, engineering, construction, manufacturing, media, education, and entertainment industries. He's been in his current role for nearly four and a half years and with the company for 17. Prakash has held leadership roles across most parts of the IT organization prior to his ascent to the top post, and he and his team have played a critical role in helping the company transition to being a cloud-centric company, how it operates, and in what it delivers. I look forward to speaking with him about his journey in this conversation. Prakash, welcome to Technovation. It's great to speak with you. Thank you, Peter. Thanks for having me. It's great to speak with you, too. It's a, it's a pleasure. And now for a word from our partner, Zoho, and the company's president, Timothy Casby. Prior to taking on his current role, he was the chief information officer of a number of companies, including Reliance Industries, Sears, Intrexon, and the Warehouse Group. He's now at Zoho, a most unusual enterprise software company, and wanted to share some perspectives from it. Timothy, take it away. Thanks, Peter. Since we started our partnership with you a couple of years ago, we have seen an increase of 30 million users on our cloud, totaling now to over 70 million users in the global enterprise using Zoho SaaS platform to run their businesses. One of the reasons for this growth is continuous innovation we have focused on in bringing together disconnected and siloed processes under the platform called Zoho One. Zoho One Suite offers over 50 products to run your business. We have now powered it with Zia, our AI assistant and Zoho's BI analytics platform. This allows users to speak the same language across departments and organizations through predictions and insights the platform provides. Learn more at zoho.com slash one. And now on to the interview. Well, let's begin. I, I gave a brief uh, thumbnail sketch into Autodesk's business. Uh, for those who may be less familiar with it, would you mind taking a moment and filling in some additional details, please? Absolutely. So uh, Autodesk, I mean, our vision is a better world designed and made for all in simplicity. And so and our mission is to empower our innovators with design and make technology so that they can achieve the new possible. So if you look at it, most of folks knew us through the Stopship product AutoCAD, which is primarily, that, that's how we used to be known as. And I, I always tell people that we are beyond just AutoCAD. If you look at uh, any skyscrapers that people go into or any animated movies, or bridges, or your smartphones that we use, anything, uh, all of those things, very likely would have been, uh, would have used Autodesk products in the design phase of it before they come into the real world. And so we are the manufacturers of that. And so we deliver our customers an intuitive and powerful and accessible technology that provides automation and insights for them to really achieve the anything and uh, make it possible and, and, and transform the world in a sustainable way is what I would say. That's a great overview. And Prakash, talk a bit about your, your role as Chief Information Officer. What does it entail? What's within your purview? Yeah, no, uh, uh, as a CIO for the company, I am responsible for all of our enterprise systems, uh, all the applications, including the CRMs, ERP, and all, all the hygienes that come along with it, uh, with our core infrastructure, our campuses, networks, uh, vendor management, collaboration tools, engineering tools, including the infrastructure for our pro product teams, our private cloud that we use for dev and test. 
as well as operations for all of our cloud products, the first uh, line of support for our products, as well as enterprise operations. And recently, including what we call client services or customer operations, like customer has a problem accessing our software or using a credit card or whatever that could be around the world, it comes to my team. So it's beyond, I would say, a traditional CIO. It started off as a traditional CIO and has grown bigger into overall uh, from scope, including our product aspects of it, from keeping the cloud operations, cloud products highly available and reliable, as well as customer operations from the first line of support. That's very interesting, uh, Prakash. Thank you for that overview. And I, I'm I'm particularly intrigued in this cu- customer-facing aspect to what you do, that uh, there are technologists who buy your company's products. You are yourself a technologist in that in your own company. Talk a bit about the migration towards being a bit more customer-facing than even you were initially as an IT leader, and, and more so than perhaps a lot of your peers as CIOs. Yeah, no, if you look at it, right, we started off as a company shipping DVDs to our customers. So when we used to do that, it was always a sale and a transaction with any new customer who was purchasing with us, or if they had maintenance, shipping them an upgraded version DVDs yearly based on part of maintenance. And so when, once we ship, I think the transaction completed there as long as they installed, and then we moved on to the next customer. And in this new world of subscription, where you are giving access to our products in the cloud, you're not shipping anything. There's no physical shipment that happens. So it's all about delivering value to our customers. It's not about our products. It's more about capabilities and value. And so there is a lot of focus and a switch, I would say mindset switch for us of looking things while we are very passionate about our products and want to continuously add features that the whole focus comes to what is important for the customer and what is the value for customer. So we almost switched from putting product at the center to putting at what is the customers using at the center in anything that we prioritize and do. And so that was a huge shift for a company that used to ship DVDs and providing access to uh, the product in the cloud. So it's more about understanding the customer and making it super simple and wherever possible, making it frictionless. There is a huge goal for us over the course of time, like delivering the promise of subscription. Because becoming a subscription company and changing our revenue model or business model is one aspect of it. But when you become one, it's more about how do you continuously deliver value? And that's because while it is great to have recurring revenues and retain customers, customers also have a choice. Unless they get value, they don't need to renew it kind of stuff. And so it was also very important for us to not only add new customers, but also retain existing customers and continuously provide value. So understanding customers and putting an investment in every single time. I mean, every single time a customer tries to access our products, it touches our back office systems because we need to do entitlement validations. If it's a real customer, what products do they have access to and what should we provide? So Continuously being highly available and reliable was the core of what we did, what we do on a day-to-day basis. And also understanding what else can be personalized for our customers, which means their investment in data becomes a huge portion. And it strikes me, Prakash, that 
what your business is going through in terms of its transformation is also equivalent to what a lot of technology is going through as well. And as an IT leader, you've long been a consumer of cloud services. I wonder to what extent your own transformation as a leader and as, and as in terms of the, your team and the technology you use, um, how well that prepared you to be an advisor in the transformation of the business itself? No, absolutely. Because uh, my team and I sit in the center of all enterprise services that we consume and purchase for Autodesk. And again, being in a software company, it's our mindset to build everything. That's our, as an engineer at heart, <laughs> that's my first reaction. Oh, we can definitely do that. Oh, I can build it or I can design it. And over the course of time, I would say I've had a lot of learning. If something can be built in nine months, do we even have a patience for that kind of stuff in a consumer world now where everybody wants everything on demand? And there are certain things it doesn't make for sense for us to build, rather buy and consume. And so I have had a huge shift of leveraging SaaS companies and consuming things where building is not necessary. So it was a, a difficult switch, I would say, for me personally, to switch from building to buying and consuming. And same is one of the a lot of conversations I have with my sales leadership or the product teams. I, I almost tell what good I need if I'm sitting on the other side of the table purchasing Autodesk software, what will I be looking for? The same thing that I look for all of my SaaS vendors of what we need to be prepared for. It's always an interesting perspective that I'll be able to share to my teams who are going off to trying to sell or to show value to our customers. And Prakash, I, one of the very interesting things about your uh, your role at Autodesk, I've mentioned this to you before, that there are a lot of chief information officers or technology leaders who have had the same job across many companies. If I have it right, I think this is your 13th role at Autodesk. You've yeah. seen all the different parts of uh, your IT organization that you now lead. And I, I, I can only imagine that gives you some unique uh, perspectives and vantage points as you advise those people that currently lead those. Talk a bit about your own uh, thought process about the diversity of roles you had leading up to your post as the top person in, in the IT organization. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm very humbled to be and had the opportunity to lead different parts of the function and also different parts during our transformation as a company. If you look at it, company has gone through transformation. IT has also gone through a lot of transformation to adapt to business transformation that was going through. And so, which also involved not only technology transformation and underlying systems, it's also people transformation and the process transformation that needed to take place to really uh, make the shift. And I would always say, I'm always fascinated while we always talk with technology uh, because that's the fun part or easier part. But the people transformation is the one which takes a lot of time because we are used to doing things in a particular way. And uh, change management is always a, probably the toughest thing that we underestimate. So I would say in all of, all, all of these changes, I feel like people transformation takes much longer and then process transformation. And then technology is the easy part. Uh, of all of these things, uh, uh, not because I'm a technologist, but in general, <laughs> I've seen that uh, we start with technology rather than process and people. And I've, I've seen it that shifting that has made a huge difference. And so I've also, over time, have started talking to people about outcomes than projects. 
like tell about what outcomes are we trying to achieve what value are we trying to uh, deliver and who are the consumers of whatever value it may be whether it's internal employees customers or partners and then that leads to the right conversations of what do we need to do what process do we need to put in place and then what technology do we leverage to implement or to enable those capabilities rather than start with oh, we have this technology now go and identify a problem or a business case we shift it to say what outcomes do we want to achieve and that's a significant shift of how we used to do things over time i would say and evolution within my roles to where we are today we start with everything with the end like what are we trying to achieve and who are the users and what problem are we trying to solve or what new value are we trying to add and then get to the technology so i would say in the course of time it's it's been a i can see a huge shift personally in the way i operate as well as how the organization operates and how we operate from with our culture values as well as a company i would say is a phenomenal ride and what we are going through yeah and i know the related topic to that prakash that you and i have talked about is the role that you and your team play in in directing and improving experience uh, for customers, for for employees, for partners, three constituent groups you talked about a moment ago. Um, this is in the general uh, uh, sweep of of uh, history of the CIO role, a relatively new set of 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 responsibilities that even today not all CIOs uh, are responsible for. Talk a bit about your thought process there. You, you began to um, speak about it. I'd just love to have you go into a little bit more detail as to how you contemplate the role of, of IT in helping direct and improve uh, experience relative to those constituent groups. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it all starts with uh, keeping consumer experience in mind. As I mentioned to you, uh, we all have this consumer mentality in our personal lives. where when we need something it's just a swipe or uh, you you get it on demand and you get it where you need it when you need it whichever device you need it and you start consuming it it's as simple as that and then when we, typically when we used to go into corporate environments or bigger companies it felt like there was humongous process for the sake of process that we used to have where it takes a lot of time or a significant amount of time to get anything that you need for you to start being productive and effective and my vision always has been how do we get when we hire new employees on day 0 how do we learn about them on based on their profile uh, of a unique um, like a employee being hired for a particular role particular skill set with particular skill set for fulfilling a, a business need that we have how do we understand what systems do that employee need to have access to without even employing asking for those access and so that's where we started creating every employee uh, has a profile and it's not a job title it's more about profile what all, and that profile is associated to what all systems do they need to have access to and that's that's the approach we started taking so that on day 0 we provide them access to all of those systems so that they can start first it's it's overwhelming when you join a new company they don't know what all tools they use because each each company is different and so one to understand what tools and then getting access to them and then starting to use them or learning how to use them and then you get productive in what you need to do and this is typically a 3 month process 
And when you're also recruiting big time, and imagine what happened in the last two years, there's no more coming into workplace. You're doing it from where you are, and we are continuing to recruit big time. And so all of this became super important. And so this consumerization nature is what drove to. So now with that, our goal was how do we remove friction for users and give them what they need and not overwhelm them with hundreds of tools that they can have access to. When we all know, depending upon your profile, you may need five to 10 different tools on a daily basis. How do we really talk about them or give you those access so that you can start consuming them and be effective and productive? And once you give that experience, now we can also start to expect these employees to create that kind of experience to our customers and partners. The whole nature was we had this goal of digitize Autodesk. And when we say digitize, it's all about removing friction from the users. Whether that's employees, customers, or partners. And also removing friction based on how users use our software. And so it's all about deriving information based on their usage. Of course, keeping all privacy in mind. So we're not going and looking at things that we should not be looking at. And also their preferences. We're also asking for preferences from users. What do you prefer? And so based on that, like you declare certain information on what you need and you derive based on what all we do. And then a combination of this, we are able to give personalized experiences. And it's a journey, I would say, Peter, because it all comes with data. Data is the center. And as we have more data, I think you'll start be able to, and based on your usage of different things, we'll be able to give more and more better and better experiences. And we can also create communities. Hey, like-minded people like you have started using this tool and they are spending a lot of time, we are getting value. Do you want to use it? So that you also get to increase adoption of the tools that are there because we see a lot of increase in new tools that are coming into the ecosystem, but adoption is a challenge. So, and I'm a person who's a very big believer, cost is what you pay, value is what you get. So I'm not like cost, you know, let's keep shutting down, save cost. Rather, I'm a big focus on let's increase value. Rather than reducing cost, I'm more about increasing value. If we have something, let's make sure we use the most out of it so that we're getting value. And if we don't get value, then we'll divest and invest in the right tools that we need. And so I would say over time, with digitization, with a focus on personalized experiences and consumer mentality, we're switching a lot and a lot from all these three angles on how we can provide these frictionless experiences to the users. Oh, that's great. A great overview. I also know from our past conversations, uh, Prakash, that you, you've added, you added rather, uh, roughly 300 people in 2022 alone, just to your team. And you're uh, in the process now of adding a great number more to fuel this remarkable growth that your company ha- continues to, to, uh, to have. You're doing so at a time where so many organizations actually are having trouble finding great uh, people to add to their ranks. I wonder if you could share some of the the methods that you have used successfully to find so many great people to add to your team? Yeah, no, I think one, as a company, we have a great story of what we are in a very high trajectory, growth mode, completed business model transformation. A lot of companies uh, always have a vision of getting there. I think we've we've declared to the street that we have completed our business model transformation in a very high growth trajectory, which is always a plus point to to be in when you are in growth trajectory because people would want to join with the kind of investments we do in all new technology. And we're also making a lot of investment in niche areas, whether you're talking about cloud, data, and the kind of skill sets, AI, kind of skill sets that we are recruiting for is where I think people are also interested in that kind of challenging roles. 
And previously, I mean, we also have a, we are a global team. So we have presence across the board. And we used to have hubs and we continue to have those hubs. But now we have also opened up, not restricting ourselves to those hubs with COVID and with remote work and hybrid work. We said, hey, we will go to where talent is available. If certain roles doesn't need to be in a workplace, specifically on a every single day basis, maybe let's go where talent is available and start recruiting them. And then we'll find ways to bring them together on a reasonable basis, whether it's quarterly for certain teams, monthly for certain teams to collaborate together when they come into an on-site place. Like now we go into on-site for having off-sites. Uh, previously, we used to go off for an off-site on a regular basis to brainstorm, to build strategy, vision. But now we come to on-site for having off-sites and to collaborate. So I think giving interesting work, and actually Autodesk has a great employee value proposition and the way they uh, we, we, we comp our employees and other things, they're comparable. It's more about interesting and challenging work that we give. And the areas where we are investing across the board makes it, uh, 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 I, would, I would never say easy, but definitely in this market. But I would say it's 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 an interesting place to work for and, uh, and a great team, great, lead, great set of leaders, I would say, for people to contribute. So we've been uh, fortunate and also great talent acquisition team helping us, depending upon the geo, where we are, what kind of sourcing mechanisms do we need to leverage to attract talent? Yeah, I, I, great points across the board there, Prakash. And, and to, to what extent, um, you alluded to this, I'd love to just go a little bit more deeply into it, the growth potential that people have in joining a firm like Autodesk. Obviously, you personify that, so you can you, you have a lot of credibility in saying this is the kind of place that you will find interesting opportunities to spread your wings and grow. Um, you know, in this day and age, especially as given the pace of change in technology, the necessity to constantly build new skills that represent where, where technology is going as opposed to where it's been becomes a, a, an important thing for leaders to bear in mind as they continue to train their, their teams in addition to finding them opportunities. How do you, how do you contemplate that uh, as a long-term uh, aspect to what you're pitching to, these, to, to the talented folks who would join your firm as well? Yeah, no, I think that's a very good question. And I'm a very big believer in learn it all mentality than know it all. And so uh, we invest a lot in training uh, and employee development and subscription for different tools. But we, uh, we also make it very clear, it's an employee's choice on where they want to take their career. We will guide them, we'll give them the required coaching in different tools, but it's an investment that every employee needs to have an aspiration but then sky is the limit, uh, depending upon what path you want to take, whether it's a technical path going into architecture route or management route or whatever, or product management, whatever route it could be. We give them multiple options. And we also uh, support people to move around roles within the company after a certain duration, like you, you can apply to other positions too within the company within the same division or different divisions and have a job rotation uh, and across the board, across the globe. So I think the company has a very good culture from that front. One, investing in our existing people and giving them opportunities to play on where they want to take their career and also to have job rotation if they want within the same company. Like how you said, I've rotated roles and grown with the, within the company. And uh, that, that's a big factor of our attraction. And we spend a lot of time and a lot of money, I would say, 
dedicated for training for employees. Again, it's an employee's choice if they want to use it or not. There's no forced training that we give to our employees other than some mandatory stuff that they need to go through. But most of the time, it's like you have choices. And we also take care of, within my division, if we are saying we're investing in cloud, certifications. If people want to get certifications or renew their certifications, when they get certified, whether it's in AWS or Azure or cloud certifications and other things, we take care of those, we pay for those certifications. So while the time that's required to prepare and for them to get certified, I think we take care of it. And that makes a huge difference. I could imagine that it would. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, Prakash, also, what what trends excite you as you look to the future? Uh, as I mentioned, and as you've alluded to as well, the pace of change is remarkable. And uh, as as you contemplate your roadmap for the next several years, what are some things that are beginning to make make their way onto it? Yeah, no, I would say we we when uh, we have three four buckets, I would say, and I call it bumper stickers. And I call it E3. The first one is the reason I have these abbreviations, Peter, is when you when you have an organization of over thousand employees. It's always, I'm a big believer that every employee should know and be able to connect to the bumper stickers or goals that the division is headed and then in turn connect those to our corporate goals. So that for a company of our size, folks should be able to know like how am I moving the needle? And what am I doing that's making an impact? So the four bumper stickers that I have is, uh, first one is E3, create an engaged employee experience like by delivering digital tools to enhance Autodesk employee experience. And then next one is S3, make it simple, scalable, and secure. So we deliver a best-in-class systems and operations along with security. And then the third one is facilitate, I would say, customer-centric company, C3, like enable world-class experience and operations and platforms for our customers. And the fourth one is P3, invest proactively in our passionate people. Like for all of our employees, as I mentioned, learning is an important thing. Like enable our employees to learn and thrive within Autodesk. So I would say C3, S3, P3, and E3 are the four things. So when you have, when you give these abbreviations, people will never forget those bumper stickers. And whatever they do, they'll kind of go, I'm working on this initiative, or I'm connected to this initiative, and whatnot. And so I would say that from a technology standpoint, a lot of focus on personalization, which means data and AI comes a huge factor. Cyber is always on top of mind uh, with everything that's going on. Uh, and then um, we are also going through a huge, with a lot of business model introductions that we are bringing, all the systems associated with behind the scenes, whether it's in, in our CRM platform or ERP platform or our digital commerce platform that we need to do. I think a lot of enhancements to support the new business models is of key focus. So I would say first one is more supported from a technology standpoint, focusing on doing things to support our business models. And second is more on personalization and platformization of what we are doing to support our customers also. And the third from a technology is always about cyber and keeping security and enterprise security in mind. Uh, that all makes sense. I appreciate that overview. Uh, Prakash, I wanted to also ask you, as somebody who, at, still at a relatively young age, achieved uh, such such heights in an organization like yours, what are some lessons you would have for others? Or what have been some of the key ingredients to your success that you might impart to, to others who might wish to follow in your footsteps? Yeah, no, the couple of things come to mind. I think I touched on it. Being an engineer at heart, I always... Uh, uh, got towards um, building things myself, like 
or building things or engineering things. And I would always tell people speed is the essence nowadays on what we are able to deliver and the value we're able to deliver. So always think through, unless it's your core IP, it's always build versus buy. And uh, so it doesn't need to be always building things. It can be also buying things and integrating things to get quick value and leverage the ecosystem. Um, and, and, and second, I would say people are the core of what all we do and the impact we, we, we deliver. So the whole idea we talked about too, making sure you're investing in your people and helping them achieve great heights and really influencing them uh, on and having a strong vision, I think attracts a lot of talent, which is always a thing that we all struggle in. Uh, as long as we're able to connect what it means to the company and what it means to them, I feel like you get a lot of energy and synergies from the folks to deliver and create a big impact. Those are two things that I've learned a lot of, uh, like from a technology friend and as well as people friend, which are two critical areas where I'm responsible for. Those are great, great thoughts, uh, Prakash. Well, Prakash Kota, thank you so much for joining me on Technovation today, for sharing so, uh, remarkable insights uh, from across your experience at Autodesk. Uh, for sharing also insights as to this uh, this uh, very interesting transformation that you've helped lead and usher in uh, at the company as well. It's been a great conversation. Thank you, Peter. Thanks for having me.